This is the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Scoop Slam Podcast. We're here once again. We're reviewing Fastlane, and we're going to be talking about the Tuesday Night War and Tony Khan's tirade on Twitter. But before we get too far into it, let me introduce my co-host. He is the historian of the Scoop Slam podcast, but I don't have any trivia for him today. It's Ryan. Yo, Micah. Great to be back here with you, buddy. Ready to talk about Fastlane and whatever else we watched this week. It was a, it was, it was a long week. Man. Yeah, and we're trying to catch up, but uh, you know we're actually here at an appropriate time for once. Yeah. Typically it's 1 a.m., but you know, that's sometimes that's when our best thoughts come out. Most before definitely. we get, no, my bad. Uh, before we get too far into it, let me go ahead and talk about the giveaway that we're running on our social media right now. Um, so to celebrate us getting a thousand listeners, which we haven't reached yet, but we're coming up on in the next week or so. Me and Ryan have both pitched together to do a $30 gift card giveaway to either WWE Shop, AEW Shop, or Shop AEW, or our Wrestling Tees, whichever you prefer. $30, all you got to do, go to the post on Twitter or Instagram, like the photo, comment, done, tag a friend, and follow us, and you're entered. For another entry, you can either post on your story or comment on that same Twitter thread with a picture that you've subscribed to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify. So there's a way to get two entries, or you can just do the one if you feel like doing that. But either way, uh, it's going to end on October 27th, and then we're going to release the winner on October 28th. And this is just a way for us to give back to you guys. We appreciate you listening. Like I said, we're coming up on a 1,000, and that's pretty crazy. We've been doing this for... Probably, if you actually count up all the episodes, probably a year. But I know we started back in, was it 2021? Nah, it was 2022. I think it was before before SummerSlam 2022, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, because Around July. Ric Flair's last match was the one that we went to and we had just started the podcast. Yeah, I think it was around July when we started. So we're a little over a year, but we took a couple hiatuses in between. So got us hot again, you know. It took a little, it took a little time to rest up and come back better, stronger than ever. And I think we're doing our best shows now. All of a sudden, Michael. I think so. I think the listeners are reflecting that too. We're we're catching our groove, and we're trying to be more consistent with the schedule because, mm-hmm. huh, man, life comes <laughs> at you fast. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to make any promises we can't keep. Yeah. And speaking of the schedule, we're trying to catch up. So we're a week behind, but the weekend before last was WWE Fast Lane. It was in Indianapolis, Indiana, easy for me to say. And it was a five-match card, I believe. Small pay-per-view, C-show. Whoa, 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 whoa. P-L-E. Oh, here we go. Got to get your terminology right. Well, I guess I'll have to call it a PLE after Survivor Series. Of course. We're ready for you, Mike. <laughs> you going you gonna to knight me again? Of course. Yeah, you're going to have to wear your 
favorite CM Punk t-shirt while you get knighted to? Well, I would have worn my favorite CM Punk t-shirt, but alas, my dog thought mm. better of it. There goes $40. <laughs> dog and Young Bucks fan, I see. Yeah, I had to put her down. Oh, but, man. uh <laughs> Jeez. Nah, I'm just playing, but I I was pretty hot about it. Yeah, I ordered something from uh, a guy called Stash Pages on Instagram. Go check him out. He's got he's got some really good stuff. Came in Thursday, wore it Saturday, sat it in the floor, woke up Sunday morning, had a hole in it, mm. right in the center. So I was like. Nice. This, you know, I'll never wear this again, and I'm not going to buy another one for $80 for a t-shirt. So, you know, I'm good. Jeez. Well, you know, shipping, economy. It's 2023, Ryan. $80 is crazy, though. What kind of t-shirt? Not... Was it limited edition? No, it was 40 but I'm saying if I had to buy it twice. Uh, I get you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You can probably get like a Santino Morella t-shirt on sale for like $5 on the Impact Shop. Yeah, but then I would have to want a Santino Morella t-shirt. <laughs> okay, you got a point. Who, <laughs> Who's buying that? Well, you got, I'm sure Vladimir Kozlov has probably bought him a couple. You know, they're, they're friends. You know, he came back this week. I saw that on Twitter. I thought he was already there. I didn't think he was. This I forgot like he existed. What? You don't remember his SummerSlam match with Triple H? Oh my God. Why did <laughs> they push him so heavy? Yeah, you know, I remember him beating The Undertaker live on SmackDown. Well not live, but on SmackDown, the only person to do that. The only person to do that? He's the only person to beat Undertaker on SmackDown clean. Oh my God! I remember him beating Undertaker, but I didn't know he was the only person to do it on SmackDown clean. The only person. If somebody can can uh, tell me who else did it, I'd be happy to find out. But as far as I remember, he was the only person to ever beat Undertaker on SmackDown clean, and it was so surprising because he was so bland to me. I, you know, name your favorite Vladimir Kozlov promo. That's what people were comparing Gunther to when he uh, first showed up. I'm like, no, no. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> no, Gunther's <laughs> ten times the worker Vladimir Kozlov ever was. That might be generous towards Kozlov. <laughs> yeah, I, nah. Gunther is nowhere near the realm. Like, Gunther is future world champion. I never saw that with Kozlov, even as like a ten-year-old kid. Him and Kali, I never got. Ali, I could kind of understand, just because he was big. He kind of had like a, I don't know. You kind of had to look at him. He was big, but what else he had? (laughs) You barely move in the ring. Well, let me say this. Have you ever seen some of his old uh, Japan stuff? Oh, yes, night and day. Dude, that's so weird. I was like... If if you've never seen that and you're listening to the podcast, go look it up. There's some clips of Kali, and he's doing like freaking drop kicks and crap. He's jumping Japan. over the top. He's jumping over the top rope. I, it's just strange because even like Satnam to me isn't 
Ah, oh, he don't move that well, and he's not that old or anything. Well, we wouldn't know because he's never in the ring. Any one-on-one matches he's had. Oh, none. I guess you got a point. <laughs> he's had nothing. They have him on the roster just to be tall. He does that well. Well, I, I mean, I would say a lot of guys do that, but not in AEW. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, NXT, not a lot of guys do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you got a point. Why the NBA players are getting taller and the wrestlers are shrinking? Oh yeah, man! You seen Victor Wembanyama the other day? Oh my God, he look like young KD out there. He's like a, a creative player. Like I was kind of worried because in the preseason he he looked a little buns. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. Looked deer in headlights in the preseason, but right now he looks like. A uh, creative player with like the sliders juiced all the way up. Seven four guys should not move like that. Hmm. I don't know what factory he was bred in. They need to patch that update. And, but even Brandon Miller looked pretty good too. He had a nasty poster. He's a, he's gonna be a good shooter regardless. Yeah. Oh come. <laughs> that slid by me for a minute. I ain't, I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> Nah, he didn't. He didn't do that. Not sure. What gun? I heard he was the assist leader, though. <laughs> Anyways, before we get <laughs> in too much trouble, um, let's talk about some other guys who were getting themselves in trouble at a press conference. Oh, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso versus the Judgment Day to open up Fast Lane for both of the tag team titles. Um. So this one was thrown together on the Raw team up to face the Judgment Day. So to start us off, we got our scoops, we got our slams for Fastlane, as we do for all of our pay-per-views or PLEs, whatever you prefer to call them. And to start us off, if this is your first time listening, scoops are a positive, slams are a negative. So Ryan, what's your first scoop for Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus the Judgment Day? Man, I really didn't have much for this match, Micah. I just had thoughts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I only got one scoop, and that is Cody has the most random list of people he's won tag titles with. You want to take a guess on who Cody Rose has won, a, won titles with? All right. Let me think here. So he's, he's won it with how many guys? Let me count. One, two, three. Yeah, give me a broad. Four. Number. Five, six, seven different superstars he's won tag titles with, including developmental. Okay. Oh, okay. So let me let me think about main roster first. I know Hardcore Holly. Yeah. Ted DiBiase. Sure. And do you remember how he won with Ted DiBiase? The first oh, oh, yeah. He beat himself. Pause. But, yeah, he did do that. <laughs> I'm not just talking about when he was in high school. Um <laughs> Kofi Kingston. No. No? Okay. No, that was Punk. Okay. Um, Gold Dust. Yeah. Damian Sandow. Uh-huh. Need two more. Mm-hmm. Not Well, I mean, Jey Uso, of course, but you need yeah. two more names. Uh, wow. Who else did he team with? It's developmental random. included? Yeah. That one's even more random. Do or like do I know the guy or can I get a hint? <laughs> okay, uh 
one guy is currently still wrestling in WWE, and the other guy is in AEW. The guy he won the titles with in AEW, um, he won with in OVW as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't even. Yeah, just just tell me. I don't even have a guess. <laughs> uh, it's Sean Spears. He won tag titles with an OVW, and Drew McIntyre. He won titles with on in WWE. Yeah, I have zero. Obviously, I don't remember the Sean Spears one, and that was definitely not going to be my guess. But I don't ever remember him and Drew winning the. Who did they beat? I don't know. It's probably in that weird era of WWE, like 2010, 2011, where just random guys with team. Remember John Cena and David Otunga was tag champions? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they weird. were the dashing ones. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can so put that on the marquee. 2011, I guess. Yep. Here we go. They qualified as number one contenders uh, by winning a non-title match on SmackDown against the then-champions, the Hart Dynasty. They then mm. beat the Dynasty yeah. at Night of Champions 2010. Yeah, I don't remember that. 2010 WWE was kind of a, a down period for me. Yeah. That was the oh, guest here we go. Whoa, Do you remember... Do you remember Apple? Oh, you're talking about the knockoff core? Yeah, I remember that. Santino and uh, who else was in it? Kofi. Was it Evan Bourne nope. was in it? No? Evan Bourne was in it. No, Kofi. Uh, Kozlov, was he in it? Nope. Wait a minute, didn't they have the big show? They wrestled them at WrestleMania, right? The core. They wrestled the core at WrestleMania? Uh, let's see here. No, I don't think so. It was so just was on in, Raw. So who who was in the Apple? Okay, it was Santino, <laughs> Mark Henry, Daniel oh, Bryan, God. and Evan Bourne. Oh my God. Was this just a one-off? I yep. vaguely remember <laughs> this. Yeah, it happened for one night um, to avenge the injured Vladimir Kozlov. They challenged the core on Raw after Santino had repeated his WrestleMania victory over the core with Kane and the Big Show the preceding SmackDown. They lost their first match when Santino was pinned by Heath Slater after receiving a boot in the back of the head. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. My God. That was, yeah, down point for me. Definitely. Did you, did <laughs> what you other like podcast? Santino? Oh, nah. No, not really. Even as a kid, it was like real hokey to me. Now, when he first debuted, I was interested a little bit but especially when he started doing like the cobra thing and like santina at wrestlemania that was when i was like okay you lost me way too cartoony for me even as an 11 year old i thought it was corny as heck that's when Mm -hmm. i started losing a little interest too with the product that 2010 2009 era but what what were you saying about well the podcast what what were you saying oh i was gonna say what other podcast would talk about the apple None. <laughs> that was your favorite era, wasn't it? No, that was just the era I grew up on. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. That, uh... See, okay. <laughs> the thing about the ghost, he- the ghost hest, it's going to be a show. It, it right. certainly is going to be a show. 
the the guest host era was oh, okay. <laughs> as a kid i didn't hate it all the time but looking back i'm like mm. it was a choice or like the the uh what do they call the computer oh the anonymous raw gm yeah i didn't hate that as a kid it was, uh, it was it was definitely better than get host Now the payoff was garbage. Oh, of course, Hornswoggle. And I even thought that as a kid. Remember they brought it back a few times, and they like mentioned they never mentioned Hornswoggle was behind it anymore. Yeah, didn't they do it for one of the Raw anniversaries or whatever? Yeah, didn't make much sense. Well, terrible payoff. Anyways, uh, rounding out your point about Cody winning the titles for his seventh time, you said? Yeah, seven different partners. That's pretty crazy, especially considering like the only official tag team was what? like I mean, obviously him and Sandow, him and Goldust. But like him and Ted DiBiase is the one that sticks out to me the most. I thought Teddy, yep. I thought Ted DiBiase was going to be him. I, didn't I did too. See, yeah, I didn't see much with Cody Rhodes with his no knee tag, skinny legs era. Oh, God, don't remind me. Why? <laughs> it's like that picture of Triple H with no knee pads. You just look naked. Yeah. I think it's their skinny legs. Probably. Just, just like Hobbs. Oh, come on. That's <laughs> just saying. Catching a stray for no reason. Um,. <laughs> One of the scoops I had was just the hot tag to Cody I thought was really good. The people, you know, as much crap as I've given them about, I still don't think what they did at WrestleMania was the right decision. They've managed to keep Cody in the goodwill of the people, so I have to at least commend them for that. Yeah, he's over. He's over. Even on SmackDown, they um, had a... He got some loud reactions against the Tribal Chief, but we'll talk about that next week, yeah, I, I hadn't watched it fully yet, but I did see a couple clips. Uh, you care if I hit you with two more real quick? Yeah, double it down. All right. Um, <laughs> Corey had a quote that when Rhea was trying to distract Jay, he said, Jay cannot be tempted by this succubus if they want to win the titles. And <laughs> I don't know why the word succubus was the word that he chose for Rhea Ripley, but... I don't know. It, it cracked me up. <laughs> Corey's got good one-liners like that. As much as I used to hate him, he's not that bad anymore. Yeah, it depends on who he's working with. He works way better with Michael Cole than Kevin Patrick. When he yeah. was working with Kevin Patrick, he was having to do a lot of heavy lifting. That's true. And I feel like that like made him worse, which isn't his fault, but... I don't know. On when it was him and Kevin Patrick on Raw, it was very dry. Um, I'm not gonna say he's in the top half of my favorite announcers right now, but he's not awful. Yeah, he he's better as a as a color guy too. Like when he was yeah. with Kevin Patrick, he was having to do play by play and color on most nights because Kevin Patrick is so soft spoken and has few few words to say while he's um, trying to be the play-by-play guy. And I never liked that. He's like if Tony Schiavone didn't have like the 
30 years of doing WCW before, so he's like slightly a legend. Yeah. That's a good comparison. But the other scoop I had was I, I'm I'm liking the direction they're going with Cody and Jay winning the titles. It's something different, and I def- I wasn't expecting it at all. I for sure thought Judgment Day was going to retain. They were just going to cheat or whatever. But <laughs> especially like when you saw them at the press conference, and I'm sure this is going to kind of bleed into the shows a little bit. It kind of just seems like they're having fun. Um, I don't know. It adds another later, later, another layer into the Cody story and the J moving to raw, the whole bloodline thing, this ties in. So, you know, I'm, I'm still with them on the ride, I guess. And it, it gives Cody and Jay a ticket to SmackDown now, yeah. which is, uh, which is good for both shows to have, uh, two big stars like that on SmackDown. Yeah, because I'd say Jay's arguably in the top five of, like, the biggest names they have right now. In terms, I mean, not including, like, Cena. He's supposedly moving a lot of merch, too. You ever Did you see that story where he's one of the top three merch sellers now? Wow. No, I, I really didn't, but I'm happy for him. It's crazy. The bloodline, it did a lot of good for Jay Uso. It put him in the upper echelon of, of um, main event guys. I think him, he has benefited the most from the bloodline storyline, along with Sami Zayn. Ah, well, let me ask you this. Do you think Roman... You don't think Roman has benefited the most? Well, uh, yes, but that... You know what I mean, other than Roman. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, <laughs> I wasn't even talking about necessarily from like a statistical standpoint of like, a, oh, he's the big, you know, the longest reigning champion. But I mean, like, I don't know. To me and you, would Roman Reigns have ever been anywhere near like close to our favorite in 2018 no but now this run aside from this past year just because he hadn't actually been on tv and that kind of pisses me off a little bit but the tribal chief run really helped his like what's the word i'm looking for status i guess it helped his status and the company's status. Like they're doing the most, the best business they they've ever done. Micah, they sold for what seven billion dollars with Roman on top. Yeah, he's, I don't want to say he's the cause of the boom period, but he's definitely has like maybe sixty percent of why they're in a boom period of the the whole bloodline storyline stuff. He's a big piece of it for sure. Yeah. I think when the whole bloodline stuff is over, I I'm worried about Solo. I don't I don't know where he goes after this. It depends if Paul stays with him, but I just don't know like how good he is on the mic because he never talks. I'd rather Paul be with Braun Breaker. Yeah, yeah, definitely after this week, which we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. See I mean, do you think so he could be like a Umaga? I mean, I hate you know small. to say that. Way too small. I he's not. He's intimidating because he's a Samoan, but is he like Jacob Fatu intimidating? Nah, I don't think so. Nah, Jacob Fatu could easily be like a a 
2019-ish like Samoa Joe where he's not necessarily the world champion, but he's like on the cusp of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he's solo is, I'm not seeing it right now, especially in the ring. He doesn't fit me, though. Yes, I, I, I ain't gonna bury his theme song, but he's gonna have to do a lot of proving himself when the bloodline stuff is over. Yeah. And who knows when it will be because they're only in the third inning. But uh, did you have any scoops for or any other scoops for this one? Nah, I just like the the direction they're going in. I didn't really have any slams. I thought the little finisher they had was pretty cool. Did you did you see that? Where Cody yeah, did the how did you I had a slam kind of for it. Oh man, you didn't like it. <laughs> well, I would describe it as a half one D into a Cody cutter or like a a reverse team 3D almost. It looked cool. You like it? No, no, I did. But why couldn't Cody pin him after that? But no, tag finish don't work for Cody, brother. He's got to get his stuff in. <laughs> they did the same thing on SmackDown, too. Except they hit it a lot worse. It was bad. Yeah. Smackdown. I did see that, that he about rolled up on his neck. But why? Why not just pin him after that? It's, it's overkill. Same when he, he does like 18... Uh, crossroads to win the match. Like, why? Why can one not just be enough? Well, that's modern wrestling, brother. If you don't like that. You don't like modern wrestling. <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Like that. As much as I don't like Kenny, when Kenny hits the one wing angel, you know it's over. Well, he lands why? on his. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was just gonna say, like, why? Why does he feel the need to? have to hit eight. <laughs> ah, I don't have a good answer for you. Well, Kenny Omega's matches are, he lands on his head eight times, kicks out of all that. Well, I mean, I guess you got a point. I don't know. When when Punk hits the GTS, he ain't got to hit it four times. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's CM Punk. He, he, he uh, maps his matches out. A little different than these modern guys. Well, Cody is a modern guy. Uh, the only other thing I had was I don't love Jay kicking out of the briefcase shot. It's not a big deal. Like both of these are just little small stuff, but I don't know. I, just little stuff like that bothers me because then you know next week Damian Priest is gonna hit somebody with the briefcase and he's gonna pin him. Why? Why did it not work this night? I seen a lot of that lately i think edge had a steel chair shot and he kicked out of that he got hit with it in the corner but yeah that's just modern wrestling man uh, you remember when uh hangman got hit with the belt and he kicked out of yep <laughs> so I, it's just modern wrestling he got hit with something else in that texas death match with moxley too that i thought was stupid i just don't remember what it was now screwdriver Something like that, or like brass knuckles, or ah, it was something stupid. <laughs> Modern wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> I think it's a good idea to give them the belt. Match was solid. I will say this. You notice how they weren't just running in the ring for 20 minutes, doing their moves and running out, and the people were still up for the whole match? Yeah. What a concept. Crazy how that works, right? Oh, me.
I thought you had to all be in the ring at the same time, Micah. And I thought that you didn't care about tag rules and the five count and DQs being implemented in the match. I, I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you could just do that all match. I know. I thought we could just bury the referee. Like what? You know, just have him stand in the corner. There's referees. That's a good question. I don't know. Unless it's Aubrey Edwards well, in there. Oh man, that that picture you sent me the other day. <laughs> I was looking at it for a second because I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was in a picture of uh, Hogan and Rock doing a stare down and Aubrey Edwards is just in the shot in the background. She did that with one of the, like, straight up did that exact thing. Was it Danielson and Omega? or yep. it was. So she does. Oh, you know. She had to put herself in the video game, too. If nobody tells her not to, then where would she get the impression not to? Oh, man. Let's not turn this podcast into just an AEW burial just yet. Let's get back to Fastlane. All right. Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, because they don't have a group name yet, versus the LWO in a six-man match that I completely forgot about. Uh, this I'm not going to do anything too crazy for this. I got two scoops real quick. Uh, I like Dawkins new gear a lot better than the gym shorts. He has, it fits more. Oh man. Um, I got a slam for that. <laughs> really? I thought he looked like gold dust out there. Oh man. I thought it reminded me of the old Christian gear. You remember? That, that was... Cause sometimes straps <laughs> with pants looks weird. Yeah, I didn't like that gear either, but it, I think it was the gold and black and it kind of looked, weird after he's been wearing the gym shorts for a long time i think i don't know maybe if he went to like a singlet it might not be bad just put him in some trunks man why you gotta complicate things he's he's not in bad well, shape he's really not but maybe he like i don't know maybe he's got skinny legs and he don't want you making fun of him like you seem to do he probably got like small nipples or something i want to show that off Anyway, you know, some guys are self-conscious about that kind of thing. Hey, bro, I got small nipples, too. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> well, the only other thing I had, uh, Carlito looks pretty good. I was glad to see him back after we heard for months that <laughs> he got signed and <laughs> nothing ever happened with him. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, he he's still in good shape, and he still is, what, he's like 38, isn't he? Whoa, whoa, Pretty whoa. young. Whoa, whoa, he is in great shape. <laughs> he didn't look like that when I last seen him in 2010. No, he was skinny fat. I don't know. He's on, I get, well, him and Chris Masters are good friends. I'm sure he knows a guy that <laughs> went to the same guy that Chris knows, too. But, yeah, he looked in great shape. Looked the same, except he was twice the size of Carlito. Like he ate Carlito. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did the, I think I wrote down as a slam for the LWO not coming out there to help Ray, but um, I think they got hurt or storyline hurt on the SmackDown before that, and I forgot about it. But that is one of my slams I put up. The hell happened to the LWO? Uh, they never come out <laughs> with Ray, but apparently they were storyline hurt, so that's the reason. 
Yeah, see, I didn't know that either. I probably skimmed through it. I, when I was skimming through SmackDown, I probably missed it. Yeah, I usually skip when they aren't too late. Oh, man, I didn't mean all that. But... <laughs> Got a spade a spade here on the Scoop Slam podcast. The LWO kind of the that run in kind of ties in with this. Why would they change Carlito's theme song? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't give you a Especially on a return pop too, because like nothing on the show has led to you led you to believe that Carlito was coming back. Yeah. Well, hold up now. You, you saw it was a six man advertised and. Uh, they said it wasn't going to be any of the LWO members. So you kind of, they, they had signs already made up for Carlito, Micah. So I'm sure people did expect him coming back. I mean, I'm sure if you're on the dirt sheets, but uh, if I just watched the show, I wouldn't have had any idea who they were going to get. Yeah. My guy Alberto Del Rio. But if you're, if you're a younger fan, you didn't see Carlito in his prime. So I guess it's a way to, um, Re reintroduce them to the audience by having new music. And did you know that Carlito is younger than Rey Mysterio and Lashley? I figured he was younger than Rey Mysterio, but I didn't know that he was younger than Bobby Lashley. Yeah, he's like seven years younger than Lashley. Gum, how is he like early forties? Who, uh, Carlito? I think he's like 38, 39. Yeah. Wow. Look look that up. He look, is... that up. look that up. Nope, he's 44. Uh, Carlito's 44? Yeah. Wow. Doesn't look. But still, though, yeah, he's younger than Lashley. And so how old's Bobby Lashley? Like 50? He's like 46, 45, something like that. Dang, he looks pretty good for his age, too. Which, I mean, that's kind of the the age we're in now most of the guys who like i don't know hogan was like 50 and he was like oh yeah you could tell he was getting kind of old but lashley hogan's look, uh, he still looks well hold up now hogan's looked the same for the last 20 years for real well i guess you got a point <laughs> he just started to sag a little bit yeah yeah rick flair looked old in the early 90s oh jesus i saw something the other day i don't know if you I uh, saw the Iron Claw trailer. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, I think it is going to be pretty good. I'm I'm hyped to see it. But they had Ric Flair in, in there for like a brief two-second thing. And somebody said <laughs> on TikTok, they were like, "We did I send it to you? I don't remember I, if I did. I've seen the video you're talking about, so I know where you're going with it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, man, we got to quit making Ric Flair handsome. In like handsome washing, I think was the verbiage yeah. she used. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, he has been 45 since 1983, and he still wrestled for another 20 years after that. So I don't know, it just cracked me up. But yeah, think about that. How old Ric Flair looked then, and look at Bobby Lashley now, or even uh even like Dolph. Dolph is like 45 or something like that. Like AJ Styles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy man. The only other slam I had for this one, I don't love the profits and Bobby losing this early, but I understand Carlito was coming back, so I can give him a pass for it. But I felt like I at least had to mention it. Oh, uh, I thought Carlito 
arriving late to the match was kind of a slam. <laughs> if I get delayed, what happened? He, the, yeah, <laughs> he came to the building with his gear on. How? What? Wh- what happened there? Well, uh, you know, yeah, they they were in Indianapolis. It's a okay, busy city. Okay, the wind was yeah heavy that night. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe his flight from uh, Puerto Rico uh-huh. was delayed. Okay, all right. And he finally got there at just the right time of the match. Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> that is, it's like the TV show plot magic. <laughs> that didn't make that didn't make much sense to me, but I I see why they did it. I just don't think it was needed. You could have still got the same pop at the beginning of the match to just have him come out with the LWO, but I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I agree. I just it, that's the WWE world and how they do those. Even if I disagree with it, well, AEW has that too. Remember when Edge came out towards the end of the pay per view with a video package lined up? Like you had all that planned out while your guy's about to get paralyzed in the ring by a steel chair. Like, just come on out, bro. No, no reason to wait back there. I don't like that. I did not like the video package. I mean, it was cool. Was it? It was a cool moment. But when you really think about it, it's like, why could he not just run out there? Why would you stop while you're about to commit violence to somebody to watch a video package? Why would you do that, Micah? Well, you got to make sure that it's not the cops telling you you're going to be arrested. (laughs) I like uh, Montez playing the whole heel character right now. I'm I'm digging that. I thought he uh, stood out a lot in this match. Well, you know, I'm always big on Montez. I'm not going to lie. Like, the match was all right, but I I don't know. I, I kind of wish that the Prophets and Bobby were in something a little more main event. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm sure they're going to get more screen time. Uh, towards Survivor Series because they might be in the the whole war game situation. Oh yeah, that's true. But I agree with you. I think Montez, as a heel, is it's improving because then too you got to think long term. A lot of times when guys go heel, they end up being better baby faces after. So he's learning the heel stuff. And overall, it's just going to make him better for the future. Yeah, he he has it, though. If he ever splits off from Montez, not from Montez. If Montez ever splits off from Dawkins, what I was trying to say, he'll he'll do just fine. Yeah. Is that all you had for the Street Profits and Bobby? Uh, Yeah, we can move on. All right. We can skip two matches if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) I was about to say, <laughs> I saw it. I got, I got a scoop and a slam, but like you said, it was on. Yeah. And I honestly, kind of had higher hopes for it, but did you? I was watching it and I was like, "Is there anything I can really <laughs> say?" I sat there. <laughs> That's what I think that you, the listener, almost don't understand. Sometimes it's like. 
it's it's really hard to write something for everything sometimes because sometimes it's just there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's just a regular match. Like, what are we are we just supposed to point out how good a scoop slam looked? Uh, I guess, but it's only so so much we can do for a match if it's not giving us anything back. Yeah, and so that's why we kind of moved to this format now, which we go, we do go a little more in depth for the. Uh, the big shows, but in terms of the TV, no, we just talk about what we like because we, if you listen to our old stuff, it's just, <laughs> yep, uh, Piper Niven versus Nia Jax. Oh man, can you imagine? <laughs> we have a lot of slams when worlds collide. <laughs> but for the SmackDown, was it no? This is the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, EO Sky versus Asuka versus Charlotte. Yeah. Go ahead with my scoop. Uh, I thought the finish was cool. <laughs> no, that's the same thing I got. My scoop. It's a cool ending. No. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, maybe we were just glad it was over. Yeah. Uh, she basically EO climbed up top as Charlotte had Asuka in the figure eight, and she hit a moonsault onto Charlotte, and Charlotte kind of just crumbled. And I thought that was cool, a good way to finish a three-way match, but I feel like they've done this before with Charlotte in these matches where she's, I don't know, like been in the figure eight and then somebody comes in to do something and that's how she loses. I do feel like that may be a little bit overplayed, but... That happens a lot. I still thought it was cool. Asuka tapped out. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, but the ref was turned around, wasn't it? Because uh, Becky? Uh, not Becky, Bailey. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, they all look alike, huh, Micah? No, no, they look very different, but, you know, the bees. Well, I didn't mean it like that. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Charlotte is, she's always in the main event scene, ain't she? Well, <laughs> you know. When your dad's Ric Flair. No, I'm, pl- I'm playing. She is really good. Is she 14-time women's champion good, though? I Look, I'm on the bandwagon. People hate on Charlotte, but every time... She's very polarizing. And what I mean by that is... She can have the most god-awful, slow TV match. But then when it's WrestleMania... You're like, wow, she really is like one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. And it's there's no in-between. I'm not doubting her in-ring work. That was never an issue. But the fact that she's been shoved down people's throats for eight years now, Micah, that's why people soured on her online. Like, 14-time women's champion is crazy. When the division has, like, what, seven girls? Like, you can't... Oh, no, I don't think it's 14. I think it's 15. Is it 15? Do they count NXT? I don't think they count the NXT titles. Okay, then she's won the Divas Championship one time. She's the final champion. Yeah. She is a six-time Raw Women's Champion and a seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion. So... My God. 15. Uh, no, 14. Math. If you count... Okay. If you count the NXT Women's title, she's a 16-time champion yep which is outrageous to say but that's why people hate her online because she was literally roman reigns of the women's division for a long time 
you weren't locked in like I was when she got so many title opportunities, so many title matches, and she never lost. And it was, and she never lost clean either. When she did take a loss, it was. She got. I, I don't know, man. I'm still a little salty about Charlotte's positioning since she got brought up to the main roster in 2015. I don't know. I again, I wasn't as what's the word I'm looking for. I guess locked in, as you said, when she was really in her heyday. But I've never hated Charlotte. Now, I don't like when she tries to be a babyface because, like her dad, she's just a natural heel, and you want to hate her. But I don't know. Like, her with the belt just kind of feels right to me, I guess. And her promos were always always kind of robotic to me. Like, really no substance. Kind of like, you could have wrote this for any girl, and they could have said this. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true, but she has more of an aura than most people. Uh, and how many women's wrestlers really can cut a solid promo? Uh, you got Becky, and Trish was pretty good. Maria? Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, Rhea. Uh, but yeah, not a lot. It's not Alexa Bliss was pretty good, I guess. Mm, all right. <laughs> we putting her over Charlotte. And promos? Oh, most definitely. In ring? No. Whoa. What? Come on I, now. I, I think you're Bray Wyatt blinders. No, on. come on now. Alexa Bliss was really good on the mic. That was the only thing she had going for her because her matches were awful. It's like she didn't want to get hit. She wouldn't take bumps. No, I don't think that's the only thing she's got going for her. Well, you know, a couple more things. But still, though, Mike, her, her strength was promos. I, I'm just saying, I've never been blown away by an Alexa Bliss promo. <laughs> well, you, you haven't been watching since she was on top. She has been gone most of the time I've been watching, I will admit. Yeah. But even when she came back this last time, she was just kind of roped into the Bray stuff. She really wasn't doing much. Yeah, they were kind of going, they, they were kind of putting her in, on the back burner when she came back uh, with Bray stuff. She really didn't. And then she got pregnant, and we hadn't seen her since. She might be done. She may yeah. never come back. I don't know. You think? I, I think she'll come back. Uh, she kind she won't be a top, top, a top girl when she comes back. Because the landscape has changed a lot. They are pushing Jade to be uh, the, hmm. the next coming of The Rock, man. You saw she had an interaction with Charlotte on SmackDown? No. See? Star making potential. She towered over Triple H. What kind of heels was she wearing? Well, she was still. Well, she wasn't taller than Charlotte, though, was she? They were about the same height. They were out of eye. Maybe Triple H has shrunk. Wearing six inch heels? Well, probably. I mean, you know, that's typically what she wears. I guess. What match are we on? Well. Oh, uh, well, you know, speaking of comebacks, let's let's come back to this match real quick. Oh, yeah. Slams. Uh, there was a bad botch at the end between Asuka and Charlotte. Asuka came off the top rope and almost like she tried to do like a code breaker or something, but she didn't really catch the back of Charlotte's head. So Charlotte just kind of like went off to the side and didn't hit her knee at all. It, it was just a bad bobble. They've been teasing Bailey 
having the breakup to damage control for a while. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think uh Dakota is going to end up break is going to be the one to end up breaking up damage control. I could see it like a jealousy angle. But then again, she was trying to like hide the fact that she was cheating from EO. Like EO wanted to win it for herself or whatever. Yeah, but they've been doing that for a while. Damage control has been a thing since we started on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. We got the same shelf life. <laughs> they've been teasing the breakup since. I don't know, but I, I don't want to say this, but how far can you go with Dakota Kai? Honestly. Well, uh, probably not that far, but I think Triple H. I think he was a big fan of her at NXT, so she probably do a couple things. She probably get a like a, there's only like eight women on the roster. Uh, most of them are gonna win the title. Yeah, well, you do have a point. <laughs> there's there's got to be at least two champions, so that narrows it down to you know at least like half the roster. Yeah. Well, we'll move on unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about on this one. Not at all. All right. <laughs> Following this was pretty much the match that got everybody in the building, or at least to me. Um, L.A. Knight and John Cena versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before, though, Pat McAfee is back, baby. Yeah, I didn't write anything for that, but I figured you would want to talk about it. And if you hear that noise, that is my door. It's crazy, though, because he was on college game day earlier on in the day, and he made it to Indiana for the pay-per-view. Where was college game day at? Uh, wasn't it Austin? It was in Oklahoma and Texas. I think it was in Austin. Oh, Texas. yeah, you're right. So, bro must have took the private jet from WWE and got there just in time for the pay-per-view. He got on that Logan Paul jet. <laughs> I'm glad he was there. He was a little rusty, though. I don't know. I like I like Pat. You can tell he ain't uh, been WrestleMania in Indianapolis. Well, I mean, come on now. He's the hometown boy. You lying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, he sounded a little rusty. Uh, you can tell he wasn't watching the product when he was away. I mean, good God, how would he have time? He's got the ESPN show that I think they do every day. He's got yeah. the college game day now. And I'm sure he's Probably on interviews and other crap. Like, I know he keeps interviewing Saban every week, so. I mean, you can watch the Hulu version of SmackDown. Hour and a half. Can't watch that on the plane. Uh, I heard they're about to end the deal. (laughs) It's hard enough for me to find time to watch the shows, much less (laughs) if I was a a national media personality. Well, still, come on now, Pat. You got to know about the main event, guys. Can, yeah, I mean, you got a point. Yeah, you, you can skip the LWO stuff, but when the Bloodline and LA Night is on, you got to watch it. Well, speaking of LA Night and the Bloodline, they were in this match. Um, I, This isn't necessarily a scoop, but I thought it was very indicative that Cena started to give LA Night the hot tag. I thought that was a big telling moment for him. Um, but as for scoops and slams, what you got? Uh, first scoop, LA Knight was getting the shine from the crowd at the beginning of the match. It's crazy to say that when John Cena was in the ring, but he got the biggest ovation 
And people were chanting his name over Cena when they were both in the ring together. Yeah, I thought that was, I don't know, Crazy. almost, yeah, like, almost unthinkable, I guess, <laughs> to think that somebody, especially at this point in Cena's career, because used to, Cena was 50-50, some people liked him, some people didn't, but now he's a legend, so pretty much he's going to get cheered every time, no matter what, and to see a rising star, even though he's kind of close to his age, getting the same react or a better reaction, I don't know, they, I'm a little scared of where they're going with LA Knight. I think they've been handling him perfect after SummerSlam. Even before that, I, I want to say, like, towards Money in the Bank, they've been handling him really well. I think they have been doing a good job. I'm just talking about if if they're going with this Roman feud, because he's not going to win. That wouldn't hurt him and, to lose to the biggest star, though, Roman. He's won his last three or four PLEs matches. You don't, you don't think, though? Because, like, then where is he going to go from there? He can get screwed over. You don't have to lose clean. Well, yeah, but he can't go against Ray because Ray is what babyface. Well, did you see what happened? And we're recording on a Saturday night here, ladies and gentlemen. But Logan Paul called out Ray Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. So why can't you have Logan Paul get the title off Ray, and then you have uh, you have L.A. Knight take the title off Logan Paul? At WrestleMania? Or Royal Rumble. You don't see that happening? I wouldn't hate that. No, no, no. I wouldn't hate it. I I think you could stretch it to Mania, though. They would have, I think that, that's a good Mania match. They would have a good program together, too. Like, promos back and forth. They would have a... Um, I think they would do well. Yeah. I, they would just have to stretch it. Because then, at the same time, what do you do with Santos? I keep them babyface because there are a lot of heels on SmackDown right now. I th- That's true. I think he'll get lost in the shuffle if he turns heel. So what about Logan versus Ray? Okay. At Rumble. That's that's about four months. So Ray can have a couple hit or miss feuds here and there. Obviously, he's feud. You know, he can have another month feud with Bobby Montez, whatever. Then. Maybe have you know maybe have stuff like, kind of slows down. Maybe have like a filler feud with um uh Grayson Waller or something like that. Yeah. So then as we get close to Rumble, Logan comes back, start of the year, whatever, challenges Ray. Yeah. Ray versus Logan at Rumble. Santos screws Ray. Pause. Then <laughs> then we go to uh then Logan ends up beating Ray again. Yeah. Or, no, 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 we don't even have to run it back because Ray will basically just deflect towards Santos. Yeah. Logan gets to do his little parade. Okay. I like it. Then at Mania, Ray versus Santos. Sure. And Logan versus LA Knight. Because I got to, I'm figuring, I figure that LA Knight is going to lose under like um, questionable circumstances to Roman. So that'll set him up for a uh, Survivor Series match in like war games or something like that. So that time over, at least at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, they've been handling LA Knight well. I agree. I just I'm fearful for the future because I don't like them. I don't want them to rush him to the main event scene too quick, and then people be like, ah, oh, and then lose faith in them. But I don't know. I think I, I think I just fantasy book something decent. Yeah, yeah, they should hire us. Well, you know, I I take money. Hey, we I, we called the LA Night thing from the beginning. That was one of our yeah. <laughs> that was one of our uh, scoop predictions. Don't don't ever forget. You did especially too, because you told me <laughs> even you were like, man, when they pull this guy up, you need to watch him. He's pretty good. We got the NWA running wild on SmackDown now with Nick Aldis and LA Knight. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that in 2019. <laughs> who would you have thought would have went to WWE and who would have went to AEW? Man. And Cody Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. This I don't know. This timeline is so strange, especially with the fact that Punk might be coming back too. But anyways, um, I, one of my scoops, I thought the hot tag for LA Knight was really good. Again, very telling of where they see him going forward. They're setting him up for a Roman feud, so that speaks big things. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else uh, in terms of scoops? Yeah, I thought Cena's facial expressions was hokey. But the crowd did eat it up. Yeah. I mean, one of my slams is Cena still going to Cena. <laughs> That's kind of tying into that. Or there's just the fact that he kind of sold majority of the match. But He's been doing that a lot with his comeback. He doesn't really have a lot of offense. He just sells. And he does his goofy faces that the crowd loves. So I'm not going to knock him for it. It's kind of like when Hogan used to do all that hokey stuff and the crowd ate it up. Yeah. You ain't got to do much. And then Punk started doing it too, and the people still were eating it up. If you're over, you can find ways to not do much and still get the crowd involved. MJF for that last pay-per-view that they had. Absolutely. Got one of the biggest reactions of the night, not doing much. A scoop slam. I mean, that got a huge reaction. Or the daggum kangaroo kick that he's been obsessed with recently. Hey, that kangaroo kick looks good, though. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I will admit. <laughs> but, Name's a little goofy, though. Yeah, and he sets it up by holding up his hands like a kangaroo. That's a little... I don't know about that there, buddy. I got one more scoop. Can I just hit you with it? And then... uh, Yeah, go ahead. You can probably get into your slams if you have any. It was a pretty basic match, but the crowd was at its loudest during this match. And uh, that shows just how over L.A. Knight and Cena are. And, you know, uh, Jimmy and Solo did their job in this match, too. Yeah, that was like my one takeaway was I did enjoy it, but the star power was really the only reason why. Like, nothing in the ring was too, too, you know... This was an FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. The people were going crazy for anything LA Knight did. Yeah. I mean, they were doing the, the yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> on every hit. <laughs> Plus, he got the pin. I did think it was funny, too. He did the mud hole stomps in the corner. And the crowd aged up. That little jump up into the superplex, is, I like that. That looks good. Yeah. If he lands it, it's good. Now, that time him and Sheamus had that bobble, oh, I felt bad, but... <laughs> Sheamus sabotaged it. He did. It was Sheamus's fault. He's a garbage. Man, he couldn't beat the AEW guy on his way out. Hmm. 
Give him the Snitsky gimmick. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Man, we've mentioned Apple and Snitsky on this podcast. Who would have ever thought? Hey, hold up now. Snitsky was him when he kicked that baby in 2005. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Eat your heart out, Pat McAfee. <laughs> Uh, but was that all you really had for that one? We move on to our main event. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a slam. I just thought Pat was a little rusty. But did you have any? Did you have any slams? No, nah, other than just Cena's. Cena's still gonna Cena. That was pretty much it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we move on. Now for this main event, we can skip. <laughs> I was afraid we were gonna disagree, but it sounds like we kind of had the same. Yeah, I didn't like it. Seth freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke freaking Nakamura for the huh. freaking World Heavyweight Championship. A lot of freaking going around, huh, Micah? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, that... I was on to follow that up. Okay. <laughs> Thought about it. <laughs> it was a last man standing match, and I'm not going to lie. Seth beat him last time, so running this back felt a little useless to me. I got one scoop. The double knees onto the table to the outside was nice. It looked nasty. I couldn't do it now, so I feel bad for Shinsuke doing that. It's like a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other than that, not a whole lot of takeaways that were positive for me. I thought the the nunchucks, I thought that was pretty cool. I see, I thought that was a little hokey. <laughs> He's a master, Mike. You saw the vignettes. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He was embracing his inner Steve Blackman in that moment. We've all been there. Oh, man. <laughs> Has every kid had a pair of nunchucks in their life at least once? Well, have you at least tried? You ever hit yourself with actual nunchucks? Oh man, you put them down real quick after that. Yeah, that's why I felt bad because I was like, one of two things is happening right now. Either those are real nunchucks and I would not be taking those bumps, or two, those are definitely fake nunchucks. It still looks like you can hurt them if they're fake. (laughs) Yeah. As for slams, Uh um, I've got quite a few, but if you want to start us off, I'll let you go ahead. I'll hit you with a scoop. I had uh I'm hit you with a couple scoops back to back. Can I do that? Go ahead. I thought the miss spot onto the announce table, you know, uh, Shinsuke hit him with the, the green miss. Oh, was it was a red? I think it was red miss. That was red. All right, well, regardless, he hit him with the miss and then Seth went through the announce table. That looked good. And I gotta, you know, I gotta commend Seth. He did put the nail in the coffin to Shinsuke Nakamura's career, and he did the same for Finn Balor. So hopefully we'll never get to see those guys as world champions, and that is a scoop in my opinion. So, you know, good good job, Seth, on that end. You know, I didn't think about it like that, but you got a good point. Yeah, that's the only scoops I got. See, he 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 is putting away all the guys <laughs> that people are like, oh man, he should have been a world champion. <laughs> I'm fine with it. You know, when you put it like that, yeah, he's had a pretty good run. <laughs> who, who else is he going to get? 
Uh, who they who they got left? Well, Dolph's gone now. Um, <laughs> that would be my answer. He he could beat the Miz. Nah, nah, I I, I want some. I wouldn't hate Miz being champion. Actually, Grayson Waller, can he go yeah. ahead and end him? <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to even think like who. In all honesty, who's even next for Seth? Drew, they've been building him up. But he's babyface. Oh, no, he is ill. He's been walking away when um, the babyfaces get beat up by Judgment Day. Mm. Well, never mind. Then. That shows you how much I've been watching wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think he puts the nail in Drew's coffin? No. I, I think Drew's still got a title run in him. Yeah, I think that's who takes the title off him is Drew. I don't hate that. Yeah. Because I, I think that if Priest does cash in on Drew, then that could be a good match. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damien does still have a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Maybe he gets cashed in on instead of losing it outright. I could see that, but I don't know. Personally, I'd rather Drew have it right now because then... Who are they going to get to take it off of uh, Damien? Well, around that time, be Royal Rumble, so I'm sure the roster is going to get shaken up a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. And, you know, they everybody starts being on every show around WrestleMania. Yeah. There's no, there's no, the brand split is kind of a, it's a figment of our imagination. It doesn't really exist. So they can pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah, they had Dom on SmackDown. They only use it when it works for them. Bro, they had Dom on SmackDown. What is? It? How is he on? Why did he show up on SmackDown? Well, who cares? I guess. Hmm. Yeah, that's why Ray went to SmackDown so he didn't have to deal with Dom anymore. So there's nothing stopping him, I guess. Triple H team didn't care. Well, I didn't care about this match, but I got a couple slams I got to get to real quick. Um. Seth falling off the stairs was awful because it was so fake. The way they shot it, I hated. And then everybody passed the clip around on Twitter that it was just like a mattress down there. And then some of the shots after that, they kept showing it. Yeah, air mattress. Yeah, it, and yeah, as much as you clown Jericho for falling onto that cardboard breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so bad if he didn't bounce on the air mattress. Yeah. Right. Like, it didn't look... It had so much give to yeah, it. Yeah, it, it looked... It didn't look good. You know, for a guy that... For a guy's back holding up by a thread, or holding on by a thread, it, that that back seems to be indestructible in matches. It does not seem like it. He's got Raquel's back. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you got a good point. I mean, I think a perfectly healthy person falling on concrete from that distance, their back would probably be shot. But, uh, you know, Seth gets right back up. Yeah. Spring chicken. Oh, yeah, he good. He was there on Monday. The only other stuff, uh, the crowd really didn't seem too much into it. I think it hurt being after the LA Knight match, but also I don't think the people are as much into Seth as they used to be, and they definitely are into Nakamura as much as they used to be. Seth getting up from the announce table spot, I didn't like. 
I know you kind of shouted it out that it looked good, but I didn't like the fact that he got up after all the other bull crap that he had been through and oh my god, my back. Um, and then the fact that Michael Cole too is sitting there selling it like it was mankind falling through the cell. Come on now. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Michael Cole was like, oh my god! Oh my god! I was like, well, this is- dude, he just fell through the table. <laughs> well, it's on the ladder, Micah, and he's posing. Supposedly has a bad back, so I, I can see why he would be concerned. Okay, but do you remember when Jeff Hardy was on that, like, 30-foot ladder and jumped onto the Dagum Announce table? That, okay, that, that ladder is really high well, up. That's just, How many times have we seen a guy fall through the announce table off a ladder? Well, okay, let me hit you with this, though. Jeff Hardy does that in almost all his matches, so it's really not a big deal when he does it. But when Seth, you know, takes a big bump like that, you hardly ever see it. See, I disagree because it was still, it was always like, what insane thing is Jeff Hardy going to put his body through this time? Like with Darby. Yeah, but still, though, it happened in almost all of his ladder matches. He would take a stupid bump. So it's really not a big deal when you see it. I mean, it's just another, another swanton through a ladder or another swanton on, while on a ladder is what I was trying to say. I don't know. I, I disagree because I remember as a kid, which again, I was a big hardy guy, but the one with him, him versus punk. That was, and he, that was a terrible call. <laughs> what do you mean? I think Josh Christian was on commentary. And he had an awful call. I remember watching um, that match. I don't remember the call. I just remember him being up on top of the ladder and jumping off and going onto the announce table and it looked pretty good to me then. They had the worst commentary team on SmackDown at the time with Josh Grisham and Matt Stryker. It was terrible. I thought that was ECW. Nah, that was SmackDown. Oh, man. No wonder I don't remember any of the calls from back then. <laughs> Josh Grisham. <laughs> I like Josh on this ESPN stuff, but as a WWE commentator, he was bad. Well, the only other thing, uh, the only other slam I had, the finish overall, I didn't really care for. Um, so, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna say that this match wasn't somewhat entertaining, just because there's there's stuff, and that's entertaining. But there's stuff. the the two guys involved did not help. Nah, and the crowd loves the, the crowd loves singing their songs, but when the bell rings, they don't. They don't particularly care. Yeah. And they pop bigger for the tables than they do for the actual guys. That's a, That should tell you a lot right there. <laughs> Seth has lost his luster with me. Like I didn't like him before, but I was like, you know, the people are into him, whatever. I, if the people like him, sure. But I don't know. Now, do the people still really like him? Do they care? They like his song. But then, hey, what do you always say? That bell's got to ring sometime. <laughs> that GD bell has to ring. Had to steal your line for a minute there, brother. I mean, are we lying here on the Soup Slam podcast? We tell no lies. But overall, the PLE, as you so like to call it, and I guess I better get used to the verbiage because when Survivor Series comes around, I'm locked in. What would be your grade, sir? I'll give it a 
five. It was very forgetful, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to look at my notes throughout this uh, review here, Micah, because I did I did forget about most of the stuff that happened on this night. I'm going to go f- four and a half. I'm sorry. I just realized. Did you have any slams for that final match? I kind of cut your nuts off. No, nah, I just, I really, I was kind of numb to the match. It happened. It was going on. I was in the room when it was happening, but pretty much it. You wish you weren't? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go 4.5. Oh, come I on. Mean... He ranked it lower than all out. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> You're wrong for that. It was two matches that I was actually interested in. Yeah, at least it was three hours instead of the seven-hour slog we got to go through on AEW big events. Well, you ranked this better than Wrestle Dream. I disagree. It was. Oh, come but on. Wrestle Dream was way too long. Okay, I can, I can meet you there, but... The Cody versus Jay match was all right. It it was solid, nothing crazy. I like the ending. That's pretty much the same thing with LA Knight versus Cena. Everything else, you did not have to watch. Well, at least it was only two and a half, three hours, though. Yeah, but did we really have to watch this (laughs) pay-per-view? Okay, I'll put it like this. Uh, It was two and a half, three hours, so it was in and it was out. AEW, it was a mediocre pay-per-view, but it lasted five hours. Like that, that's the reason I graded it so low. It was so long. Now, if it was a mediocre pay-per-view and it was just three hours like the like fast lane was, I would have graded it a little higher. I don't know. I gotta disagree with you. I just I'm not gonna lie, it took me a long time to watch this pay-per-view because I would put it on and then I was like either falling asleep or just like I could be doing anything better, which I do that sometimes with the AW pay-per-views too, say. especially like, well, <laughs> I know like with wrestle dream, the first half of it, I was like, dude, Oh my God. Yeah. And then the last half it picked up. Well, wrestle dream took me a while to watch because it was on for forever. Took you three days to watch. Cause it was three days. Long. <laughs> After the three days, it was time for the press room. I mean, come on, man. I don't know. I I did not like Fast Lane. I'm not, but I'm not shocked. It's a it's a C level WWE pay per view. I knew what I was getting into. I don't expect there to be like Roman Reigns versus The Rock on Fast Lane. It's just it's just there. It was just there, and now we're gonna be here in NXT, or are we gonna review? AEW next. What, what, what are we doing for the Tuesday Night Wars, Micah? Let's go ahead and start with AEW, just because I wrote it down that way. And there's typically there, yeah. There's a little bit more notes, at least that I have for AEW. Um, so unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard about the Tuesday Night Wars. Um, AEW got preempted to Tuesday, so Dynamite and NXT ran at the same time, and they both. Stacked the table. NXT had Cena and Taker and Paul Heyman. Late night. Cody. Main evented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, somebody else made a run in too. Finn. Oscar was there. Solo was there. Yep. And main evented by Braun Breaker versus Carmelo. I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony. Oh, man. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> 
Can you imagine? <laughs> and you did throw you threw that comparison to me, so that's why it was on my mind. Hey, Bron Breaker's about LeBron James color now with all that spray tan. Hey man, you said it, but I'm not disagreeing. You know, I thought Hogan was black when I was a kid. <laughs> Watching old WCW stuff. I can't say that I blame you, especially <laughs> with like the quality. I thought Taz was black too. Oh, I I would have bet the house that Taz was black. <laughs> like Hogan, you wouldn't have thought because like the hair texture, but Taz didn't have any hair, <laughs> so you were like, oh yeah, Taz is black. You gotta be. But AEW Dynamite opened up with a, black. a small. Wait, what? No, no go ahead. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, sure where you're going with that. I, I, I say, well, we opened up with a black guy. <laughs> uh, Christians. Oh well. Oh yeah, I forget. He's Canuck. I forget. <laughs> oh, oh, you thought I was pitching to that? <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about swerving and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Oh, man. No, I wouldn't pitch like that. <laughs> got to start with the Canuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did start the show. My fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, small, small little intro package from Christian. Um, tag government. Now we've been laughing. I sat here and l- laughed at the word package. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Christian <laughs> started off the show, which was ironic because Cody Rose started off the show on NXT. And we all know he has yeah, I thought that was funny that they made him start or just be on the show in general. Yeah. But um Christian basically said that he was the reason for the commercial third uh, the commercial free 30 minutes uh that NXT also did. Really? And he talked a little bit about the main event. Yeah. Okay, all right. He has that power. Well, he said he's the ambassador cuz he's the TNT champion. The TNT champion could do that. That piece of garbage well, Darby. He said he asked. That piece of garbage Darby never got a 30 minutes. Well, see, this is Christian's baby face turn. Oh, okay. I'm with it. He's like Hogan. He's above the law. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's starting the NWO. Okay. All right. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> or maybe not, dude. Maybe he could join the outcast. Well, following that. Oh, God. <laughs> Hey, we don't mention them. And she was on the show. I for, I didn't write anything down for it, but she was on the show. Yeah. But opening up, Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland for the number one contendership slot. And they are going to face Christian Cage tonight. They probably are facing him right now um, as we're recording. But I had two little notes for this. Um, I thought the Swerve Stomp while Danielson was hanging on the top on the outside of the ring was nice. Um, the Swerve Stomp and Finn Balor's move, too, they always look so bad to me. Like, I don't know how they make that not hurt. I'll say that again. It kind of cut out. It does look devastating when they do it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure it probably still hurts a little bit, but I don't know. It looks like I wouldn't I wouldn't take that. No. <laughs> I'd always be scared they'd actually like hit that little bone in your chest that you can hit and it'll kill you. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that particular bone? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, why don't they, oh, they just let go of the ropes when he's about to do uh, the uh, swerve stomp? 
Like, wouldn't Brian hang on to the I, ropes? <laughs> I just let go. Yeah. <laughs> well, because then he would, uh, the physics would pull him down and he'd slap the bottom of the turnbuckle. Oh, okay. Thanks, Regal. Yeah, it, it didn't make much sense to me, man. I didn't hate it. Um, other than that, I thought it was a really good TV match. Lots of good spots, but nothing too ridiculous. I don't care for Hangman Adam Page's involvement because this kind of... This is an AEW trope that I hate. They never let a few just die. Yeah, I thought... It has to go on for three months. Yeah, I thought that was it. I thought that one pay-per-view match was going to be it, but seems like they're going to keep on going with this. And I don't understand that because well, now they're going to have a, a well, <laughs> yeah, you know why he's got friends, <laughs> but I don't know. Cause now I bet you they're going to have some Texas death match and I don't want to see it. And I don't really think anybody else is the, anybody else does. And that's why I liked this feud to begin with, because it was, Something different, not involving like the same people to me that always have feuds. Yeah, not, but now it's gonna oversay his welcome, and we're gonna hangman's probably gonna win this feud. We can we can agree to that. So uh, I, I I don't want to see it, but that seems to be where they're going for full gear. What'd you think about the match overall? It was fine. I thought the AEW fanboys got a little overboard on online saying that it was match of the year candidate. But it was fine. It was that. Whoa. Hey, I seen that. Like, that was something that, the first thing I, when I opened up Reddit, Micah, the first thing I seen was, oh, Danielson and, and uh, Swerve just had a uh, TV match of the year candidate. Like, come on. Man. Come on now. Are we sure? You sure about that? Uh, we're going to act like the FTR match didn't happen on TV? What happened on Collision, Micah? You know, those fans don't watch Collision because one punk was on that show. Boycott the show. I, the well, the AEW glazing sometimes still amazes me. They won't admit that something's bad, even when it's really bad. And if it was on Raw or SmackDown, they would say it's bad. But because it's AEW, it's good. Oh yeah, it has to be good. It's AEW. I mean, again, I thought it, I I, to, I said on my notes, really good TV match. I enjoyed it. Probably my favorite match of the week. But match of the year? No, people said. No. People said. Well. Speaking of overstaying your welcome, Will Hobbs versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Hobbs basically <laughs> just beat the piss out of him for seven minutes. Yeah. He read him the book of Hobbs. And if you want to read the book of Hobbs, Micah, you know where you should go to? I hate to tell you that your pitch has failed. We lost the sponsor. Oh, man. Okay, we're not giving them free publicity <laughs> this week. Never mind. He read them the Book of Hobbs, though. Yeah, those uh, those pieces of crap over there at Amazon <laughs> pulled our sponsorship, brother. I don't care. That. We're going to give them the best pitch, the best sponsorship spot ever. They can't even give us one more month. Get out of here. Yeah, that was that was a really good pitch, though. I'll give you that. I'm, I wasn't expecting I'm canceling my membership as we speak. <laughs> well, Hobbs, again, decimated Jericho for about seven minutes. And here's why I didn't like this. Oh. 
I like the fact that Hobbs won. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that he beat Jericho. I want you to write this down and come back to it in two months. I'm here. And tell me where Chris Jericho's at and tell me where Will Hobbs is at. Well, he's going to be the same place Action and Dreddy is. Exactly. (laughs) But everybody on Twitter was saying, "Uh, see, you guys hate on Chris Jericho. And y'all... Y'all just talked so down on Chris Jericho. Look at he let Will Hobbs destroy him. And where is he going to be in two months? If there's a plan to this, which I doubt there is, but there is a plan, and it was the right decision. But to just have Will Hobbs smash Jericho, and he's probably not going to get a match next week. He's probably just going to be the muscle in the Callis family, which Hobbs joins a lot of groups. Have you noticed that? He joins them. Yeah. Uh, well, he was on Team Taz. Then he was with uh he was with somebody else afterwards. He was with Ricky Starks. He was with Ricky Starks. Yep. And then uh after he uh left Ricky Starks, he what did he go to? Oh, QT's group. And then that fizzled out. What happened to that? I think they're still going. They're just relegated more to jobbers on like rampage oh, okay uh which is the correct decision and then uh he had that feud with miro which miro has been missing since that feud he got his wife a job and then he just stopped coming to work i don't know what happened well you know he's a punk guy brother well dang his wife is too i guess maybe <laughs> she was supposed to get a stable <laughs> what happened to that She's still building. I thought Hobbs was going to be in her stable. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what you would think, but I don't know. He, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, you know, the booking makes sense. Booker of the year, though. Oh, yeah, Booker of the year. But, yeah, I, that's what pissed me off because I knew that that's what – and I legitimately saw it when I went on Twitter. Look at Jericho. He puts over younger talent, man. Y'all always hate on him, man. <laughs> Yeah, because right now it's like, oh, okay, he's putting over younger talent. And then what does it do for them? Nothing. And speaking of nothing, Orange Cassidy won the international championship a little later after that match. Uh, I wonder who was supposed to be in the match. I don't think it was actually Cassidy, but then something got. He wasn't cleared, though. Why they advertise if he wasn't cleared? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember them ever. Adver- well, I remembered them advertising something, but I didn't think it was him. Yeah, it was him. And then supposedly Phoenix has uh, visa issues, so he's gonna be gone for a while too. Oh, good lord! Always- how? Okay. Oh. How do they always have <laughs> visa issues? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just something they can rely on when the booking doesn't make sense. Oh, they had visa issues, so we had to. We had to change course. It's always something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. Like, I'm not even trying to be any kind of way. Like, it just seems like this is always a thing that happens. Now, if it, if if somebody can tell me a reason, like, I'm seriously just wondering. But, like, it happens to Pack all the time. It happens to both of the Lucha Bros. Um, most of the the Mexican talent that they have, like Bandito... Visa issues. <laughs> you see they're bringing in Sin Cara next week? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like... Is it the original one, though? Yeah, it is. 
missed. Interesting. Yeah, I remember him being a flop. But, yeah, it is a lot of visa issues. I think it's because they only have to work one day a week, so they don't live. Uh, they don't live in, like, Florida or or um, somewhere in the United States, like most of the WWE roster does because they're kind of traveling um, all around the United States, so they might as well live here. I think that's mostly it has to do with all the visa issues on the AEW side. Yeah, I just I don't know. It makes you wonder because I also wonder why they put the belt back on Cassidy after he just lost it. Well, Cassidy don't take a lot of losses. He had to get his win back, <laughs> which means we have to suffer through another. Well, y'all, not me. Yeah, we just have to suffer through another Orange Cassidy John Moxley. Should <laughs> just put it on Jeff Jarrett last week. I would have enjoyed that. You know, I I honestly would have more than anybody else that has fought for this title. Yeah, I would not be watching Orange Cassidy matches. I'm sorry. No, we need to make a bur- like a, a. I listen to this fantasy football podcast, and they have like a burn book of like players that they really refuse to talk about because they're so bad, or they just basically piss them off bad enough. Like Kyle Pitts, oh Jerry Judy too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Historically, guys who you're like, man, I have him on my team. I got to play him. And then you play him and he puts up like eight points. Yeah. So we need a burn book for the historically guys that it's like, all right, I guess we got to watch him because he's in a marquee match and then we hate it. We got Cassidy. We put Kenny Omega there. Well, I wouldn't put Kenny. I'll put him there. And then, oh, you got rid of Matt Riddle. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, Two more guys we got on the burn book. It'll make for an interesting segment, maybe in a, a couple episodes down once we get caught up. But uh, following this, and I'm just trying to skim through some of this stuff. A lot of dynamite and NXT wasn't like a whole lot of substance. Um, the quarter incident. Do we really want to get into it? Uh, it was supposedly very controversial online with the current events going on. I personally didn't, it didn't like strike me as something like, oh man, that's really racist when I seen it. But then again, you know, I'm not a Jewish man. So, I mean, who am I to say that it wasn't a controversial thing? Yeah, I saw that MJF said that it was intentionally that way so that he can like, so they can shed light on that. But... I know Brian Last from Cornette's podcast was kind of, uh, it like pissed him off, which again, he's a Jewish guy. He has the right to be mad about it, especially when obviously all the stuff going on overseas in Israel is happening right now. Yeah. I just don't know that this was a smart time to do this angle. If it offended you, that's at your discretion personally. I didn't think anything about it until Excalibur like had to elaborate on it. Got a lot of mainstream attention in the wrong way. Like it was TM- TMZ was talking about this, Michael. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, you sent me the article. Yeah, it was. Um, it didn't strike me at first watching it that it deserved to be, you know, buried like it did. But then again, we are not Jewish men, so who are we to say? Yeah, and. I thought another thing, too, because MJF said this. He was like, you know, racist villains have been a thing in wrestling for years. Oh. 
But also, isn't that kind of something we're trying to get away from? You know what I mean? Yeah, even in Hollywood, that's something that they've gone away from. So I, you really can't you can't say that that's been a thing forever when literally every other media has gone away from all the racist stuff on television and in movies and stuff like that. Like you can't have a when's the last com- what's the last comedy movie that came out, Michael? Because they don't they don't exist. Oh, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> Because you don't want to offend anybody, man. It's just, I don't know. That's the way the world works now. Yeah. And, like, the last, honestly, like, comedy movie that I can remember coming out before that was, like, Tropic Thunder. And, obviously, because I think that was, what, like, 2008? Yeah. And if that movie came out today... Oh, man. There's no way. So... That that just shows you right there in that short amount of time. The world's changed. Because, like I said, I think, yeah, I remember that being, like, the the last big comedy movie from that, like, I guess, cast of guys. Like, you know, Ben Stiller, um, Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, those kind of guys were all really driving the comedy movies, like Happy Gilmore, all that kind of stuff. Seth Rogen? And now... Seth, Seth Rogen. Yeah. They're kind of going by the wayside. Yeah. Or they're doing other stuff like Bowser. Or they're doing like um, dramas. Like, what was Adam Sandler's last movie? Wasn't it a drama? Like basketball? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. There was Uncut Gems, but I think he's done another one since then. I remember Anthony Edwards was in it, but yeah, they, they don't have... Like, you don't see Grown Ups 3 coming out anytime soon. Yeah. So I just don't know that this was the right time for this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was uh especially because of the backlash, it was in poor taste. Yeah. Well, uh other than that, the Christian promo that followed it I thought was solid. He made some good one liners about Edge's kids getting the sheets ready because daddy's coming home. <laughs> And uh, talking about Beth Phoenix, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was. He's great. Christian, he's proven why he's better than Edge. Like, I am I was not on that bandwagon when we started this podcast, and I have been converted. I wish they would have gave him the ball in WWE as a heel. He never was a heel in WWE when he came back. Yeah, it, well, he did have that little run. But it was under you. With Randy. It was, like, gone in an instant, and they turned him back, baby. It's like it's yeah. like our truth when he had that great heel turn. Oh man! And then he just became like a comedy character after that. He never took him seriously. Yep. And the weird thing that Randy feud was so weird too because they kept trading the belt so much. But Randy never took a loss to Christian. He lost the title because of a low blow at one point. But Christian never beat Randy. Which was really, I didn't remember that. Yeah, it was unfortunate because I remember they had a stipulation, and I think it was their first match. Yeah, no, their second match. It was on pay per view. Uh, what was it? Money in the Bank 2011. And Kristen Law, Kristen won the title, but only because Randy got disqualified because Kristen spit in Randy's face and Randy Orton low blowed him. It was a stipulation that if Randy got disqualified, he would uh, lose the title. So he never beat Randy by pinfall. 
Well, you know why? Vince never liked him. It's crazy, though, because they gave Mark Henry a pinfall victory over Randy a couple months later after that. Well, the Hall of Pain was over. Well, Christian was over, too. Come on now. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, I feel like because they didn't give him the win from Randy and because they kept kind of trading the belt back and forth, it just never picked up steam. But even then, like, I, from my childhood, I, I don't remember a Christian promo that have been like the ones since he's been in AEW. Well, when you were a child, you was like, what, 09? 2010 when you were watching so he never he, he cut the yeah he cut the white meat baby face promos during that time i don't know it's just crazy like that that guy being this guy i mean i know he's 10 years wiser but i still think he had this potential then like obviously he's not in his athletic prime now he still had it in him though he was doing some great work in tna and his first run with WWE towards the end, he was doing some great stuff too. I was a peak back then, man. I was hurt when he left. Yeah, I have seen old clips of that, like the Jericho Christian match at WrestleMania, plus that feud I enjoyed from the DVDs I had. <laughs> oh, WrestleMania 20. Hey, man, back in the day, the movie gallery, they had all them freaking. I know you know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah, I was there. Those were good times. I remember I had the, what was the awful render Triple H uh, pay-per-view? We've had this conversation before. Mm. Something 2003. Uh, I can't recall. But, um, hey, do you think Edge should have took a tombstone after coming off of neck surgery a couple years ago? Probably not. <laughs> 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 you know, I thought that when it happened, but I didn't write anything down. And the commentaries are terrible because they never, they didn't really. If something like that happens, shouldn't you like talk about it? Like, oh, my Ed has a history of neck problems and he just got tombstone by Luchasaurus, but they didn't even really mention it when it happened. Yeah, they said they just kind of sounded like almost like he died. I don't, it went like silent for a minute and terrible. I feel like it kind of killed it. They're terrible. Especially Shivani. He sucks. <laughs> but Nigel on both shows. Just let him do one man commentary. You know, I wouldn't hate yeah. it. Christian Cage. <laughs> I, this match went way too long too. Went like 20 minutes. See, okay. Edge versus Luchasaurus was the main event. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I mean, I agree. Maybe it did go a little bit long, but I thought it had some good spots. I thought the finish was good. But Edge is supposed to be a legend in the industry, right? Supposedly. Well, Adam Copeland, not Edge. But I don't think he needed to go 20 minutes. You know, I like the dinosaur, but going 20 minutes with him, he's been treated like an undercard guy pretty much his whole run in AEW. That wasn't necessary at all. Like Edge is a little too generous for my liking, or Adam Copeland. It's gonna get it's it's very hard to call him anything but Edge. Well, I I'm still gonna call him Edge most likely. Um, I thought the spear from the apron to the stairs to the floor was good, <laughs> as well as the finish. A lot to say there, but well, you know, I had to <laughs> had to describe it. Basically, he ran off the apron. 
onto the stairs that were set up sideways and then speared him on the floor. Yeah, I got you. But, um, I mean, I agree. I'm not as big a Luchasaurus fan as you are, but you will like him in Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, that's the only, that's the fandom I have towards him. It's him when he was Judas on Big Brother season 19. That's it. But some someone on Twitter was like, Luchasaurus always shows up in the main event matches. And I was like, huh? what main event match has he been in? <laughs> he won the TNT championship a couple months ago, but I, I definitely see your point. Cause I think there was 19 minutes to go on the air when this went in the ring. Way too long. And that's AEW's problem. They have stuff go for way too long. Yep. That was the good thing about the punk MJF feud. Like it did kind of go for a while, but it felt fresh and they made stuff for it to go fresh. And then when it, when they got to the, Final match, because they only had two, that was it. They they had a good split off point. Like when uh Brett and Sean Brett and Taker fought for the bell and Sean was a special guest referee. Taker deflected his interest to Sean. Brett went the other way. But no, we've got to have feuds go on for months and months and matches go on for twenty five minutes every night. Yeah, and I, going back to the match, Mike, uh, Nick Wayne has the worst stomps I've ever seen. They are bad. I don't know if you remember them, but they were not good at all. He's not ready for this spotlight. I'm not going to lie. I didn't – I don't really think I paid too much attention to him. Man, he wasn't even laying them in. They looked terrible. And they just had oh, easy they just had to sell them too. I wouldn't have sold that. I would have got up. <laughs> I'm not selling that. Oh man, I had to bury them. I would have had to tag you. You ever see that clip of Triple H in the ring with the tough enough guys? <laughs> and uh he's saying, Oh, if you would sell like that in the ring, I would have to tag you for real. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever saw that. The only tough enough Triple H clip I remember is the one where he's like, I think one of your nuts fell through your shorts. Yeah, it's that same clip. <laughs> Oh. Well, overall, um, I know I know you probably liked NXT more than AEW. Yeah, a lot of the backstage stuff was bad too. They had Tony Storm dancing throughout the picture and picture. Yeah, Adam Cole cutting grass, which actually, yeah, that I'm not exaggerating here for comedic effect. That actually happened. He was cutting grass on AEW television, and they had the background music. Like it was so hokey, so bad, not funny. Jump the shark. Uh, and then the commentators laugh at it, of course, because it's supposed to be funny. That's what wrestling is. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much AEW Dynamite. My, not my favorite. I definitely don't think it was the best show. I don't think they put their best foot forward. I know some people love it, but then again, some people love everything. Oh, whoa, whoa. Tony Khan told me that this is the best show they've ever done. Oh, really? That's what he said. Yeah, Micah. Best dynamite. Interesting. Best dynamite they've ever done. It's every, after every show is always the best that they've ever done. You notice that? Yeah. <laughs> he loves his own product. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but Oh man, he's high on his own supply, huh, Micah? Well, I wasn't gonna say that, <laughs> but I mean the shoe the shoe is fitting. It is a ten and a half. He went on Twitter and started burying everybody that had anything negative to say. Guys with two followers on X. He he uh, needed to respond to those people. That's what a boss does, right, Micah? 
Micah? Well, <laughs> I think that ratio some is. of it. So you said it. Take this. He ratio. said he hates from the bottom of his heart those three follower accounts with the WWE logo. Oh my god! Is he, Look, he nothing better I to get do. It. I don't know how he has time to be on Twitter. He manages 18 things. Well, looking at the performance of those things, yeah, I can see why he's always on Twitter. I don't know. I just, I feel like Tony, I'm, okay, if you want to talk crap before, that's fine. But they lost. Yeah. And then he just kept on, like, Talking about this is the first time John Cena and Undertaker have been on a show with under a million viewers. Okay, that's crazy. You still lost. Like you can't say anything and, and because it, it's that scoreboard mentality. And going to that really upset me because Cena and Undertaker were not wrestling on that show. It was a developmental show. Meanwhile, Edge, Adam Copeland, a supposed legend in the business, wrestled on the show in front of six hundred thousand people. Like what? Is he not going to point that out? Well, of course not. It doesn't support his argument. He's not going to point that out. I think both. I like. I I understand his point, and that's what I told you when it happened. I get it. What he's saying, at least. But I know. I mean, you've got. How how can I put this? They got preempted. And sure, they had Edge on, and they did six hundred thousand. You should be happy. That's two hundred thousand away from what you're typically doing, or two fifty on a completely different night of television. And on the other show, they did stack the table. They did bring in John Cena and Undertaker and Paul Heyman, and I think that is a little bit ridiculous. At the same time, scoreboard, you lost. Shut up. <laughs> like you, you have no argument anymore. And you were still going at it. Into Wednesday. He and probably Thursday. still is today. Oh, yeah. He's probably still up. He ain't went to sleep since Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, man. It's keeping him up at night <laughs> or something else keeping him up at night. Well, we're not going to get into that, but, you know, he is the snowman for please. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the other uh, night of the Tuesday Night Wars. Well, not night, but show. Um, the opening promo had Cody Rhodes come out and. He talked for a little bit and basically welcomed them. The crowd was all over it, obviously, because he's probably like one of the biggest stars to be in NXT in a while. And it's it's kind of it's crazy to see because he was on the other channel when NXT and AEW were going head to head every week, and now he's on NXT and uh, they're going head to head. I don't know. It was just it it was kind of weird to see. Yeah, it did feel weird. Like, I don't know. I wonder what the... I mean, it's not his call, obviously. They told him to be there, but I wonder how they felt in AEW about that. <laughs> I probably had more people for NXT this week than AEW. What do you mean? Like in the building? You see the how dark that building was for AEW? Oh. Uh, huh? I don't know. <laughs> like, how many can the performance center hold? I think like 300, maybe. <laughs> mm. Well, 
Ilya Dragunov interrupted him, the NXT champion, and then Dom interrupted him. Uh, I've only got two points. Oh. Uh, Ilya said, I'm going to smash your boy. Yeah. Pause. Wait, don't you want to smash him, Michael? Dom, I Pause mean. Pause again. I'm just saying. <laughs> Dom has a very punchable face. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you want to smash him. That's where you were yeah, going. You want to smash him, right, Michael? Thought you mistake me for Rhea Ripley. Oh, come on now. And uh, the other thing was the crowd was pretty big for the big stars, obviously. Like, Cody got the huge pop. They popped big for Dom. Ilya was good. But I think the biggest pop out of any of them was the mention that L.A. Knight would be there as a special guest referee. Yeah. They, uh, they're they always loud for their shows, the NXT audiences. Well, it's a small building. That's what sounds AEW should do. Yeah, it sounds better. Reminds me of the Hammerstein Ballroom when WWE ran those one-night stand pay-per-views. Yep. And those are some of the like greatest crowd experiences ever. Uh, honest to God, if, if ECW ran like 5,000-seat arenas, do you think it would have had the same feel? No, not at all. And they're running in front of the same so, people, too. So uh, you build up a re- uh, relationship with these guys you see every single Tuesday. Exactly. Or even like the old Raws, you know, what? Uh, what's that guy? He was always front row. What's his name? Uh, the old Raws? Like from the 90s? Vlad? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's my super fan, Vlad. Yeah. yeah. He's supposed to have a documentary that came out that never came out. Yeah. wonder where that is. Very. It's like the Owen Hart fall and the uh, match with Tom McGee and Bret Hart. It's buried in lockups. Wait, hold on. I don't know the Tom McGee Bret Hart story. <laughs> oh, you never seen that? Well, I think they have released that, but it was under lock and key for a long time. And uh, a lot of wrestling fans online always wanted to see the match because supposedly when the match happened, Tom McGee versus Bret Hart, Vince McMahon was hell bent on making Tom McGee a top guy because of the great match he had with Bret Hart. But then after. Uh, he's seen Tom McGee in all the follow-up matches. He just realized, oh, okay, Bret Hart's just a great performer and made Tom McGee look like <laughs> a million bucks. But it was an infamous match for a long time. Now, now I didn't know the story behind that one. Yeah, yeah, check it out one day. I think it's on a network under the Hidden Gems se- section. Hmm. Which, are they really hidden if they're on Peacock? But that's besides the yeah. point. Um John Cena and the Braun Breaker segment, they both came out in the ring a little bit later. Uh, I did. Get, I got kind of cracked up when Cena said that about it's great to hear it the other way around because they started chanting, uh, Braun Breaker sucks, like in the tune that Cena's theme is. And I don't know, it's kind of funny because you don't really hear many people boo Cena anymore because it's just cool to see a star of that magnitude be on the show at all. crowd was eating up everything Cena did. They were singing his song when he came out. Oh, yeah. He was... Yeah. And there was only, like, one guy saying, uh, John Cena sucks. <laughs> you could hear one guy. <laughs> Cena pointed him out later. That was, that was great. I like that he did that. Yeah. Which, I mean, he wasn't mad at the guy either. Oh. He was like, you know... I like when the guys in the ring interact with the crowd instead of just treating them like they're not there. It makes them feel more real when they actually interact with people in the arena. 
Mm-hmm. I think again, that's another cool thing about the the ECW feel that AEW could replicate. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing for this one was the fact that they blurred out the BS chant, which, I mean, I get that's like part of their deal, but when they were doing it, you couldn't even hear what Braun Breaker was saying because they kept blurring it so bad. And I mean, obviously I don't curse and we don't on the podcast, but you know, I mean, they let it slide sometimes on the shows. I feel like if a guy, if a wrestler's speaking, then you shouldn't cut it out, barring it be, you know, one of the really bad, you know, things that you can't say on TV. But I don't know. Yeah, it almost ruined the segment. Remember when? Remember when Rock came back and they kind of blurred out half the segment because of uh, the curse word, the curse words in it. Yeah. It. I just, I think that at times, I don't think they should do it for the crowd because you can't really control that. Yeah, and who cares? 8 o'clock at night. What kid is up at 8 o'clock at night? That's bad. Oh, well, I was locked in for Raw back in the day. Well, that's different. That's different. Still, though, I mean, if you don't want your kids to watch something that has curse words, in it, just don't keep them up till 9 o'clock at night. Jeez. Well, either way, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this segment? No, nah, I just made Bron Breaker like a big star when he's in there with Cena. And, uh, later on, he was in there with Undertaker. So it made Bron Breaker like a bigger, feel like a bigger star. I got, more, um, I got more stock bought in the Bron Breaker main roster push than I do to Carmelo main roster push. I'm still... I, I like Carmelo, but I just don't see him being a main event threat on the main roster. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit before the show went on the air. Um, I just... I think Carmelo is going to have to put on some more muscle. I do like him, but I don't know that... I Like, main event of AEW pay-per-view? Sure. Main event of WrestleMania? I just don't know that he's big enough. And Ray kind of got over that because Ray got bulked. So, and I don't know. Ray is the exception. He's not the rule. I mean, for every Ray Mysterio... That's very true. For every Ray Mysterio, there's a Sin Cara and a Kalisto and a Ultimo Dragon. There's a bunch of mass wrestlers that were small that couldn't get over. Ray Mysterio is the one exception. And I think that's a big hang-up for... Dragon Lee? WWE. Oh, well, <laughs> that too. I was going to say, they just can never find another Rey Mysterio. Well, they're going to try with Dragon Lee, it looks like. He's on the SmackDown roster, too, now. Which, why, why didn't he come out to help Ray? But I digress. <laughs> well, you know, is he an official member yet? Gotta be, right? He's Latino. Mm. <laughs> oh well that just means you're automatically inserted they put every black person in the hurt business <laughs> oh man well you know you got a point um following this was Ilya versus Dom okay nothing crazy I didn't really write much down I think Ilya works too fast for Dom oh, Dom improving a little bit he, he was fine in there played his role well yeah that's, I, I don't think he was bad, per se. It's more of just, I just don't think that 
he is ready for because Ilya is really a technical wrestler, and I don't know that Dom is ready for that. Ilya is really good. He reminds me of a uh, Darby watching him because he lays all his stuff in. Mm-hmm. That little elbow to the ground, it's kind of hokey, but the way he does it, I can completely buy it. Yeah, he lays it in. Uh, well, speaking of something I couldn't buy, the Chase U segment followed that. Oh, man. That was... Oh, man. You, you want to point out the Chase U segments where you don't want to talk about the Adam Cole segment? I see your game. Well, I'm. Uh, this is the first NXT I've watched probably since like Seth was on it, and I'm gonna talk about when he came back. I'm talking about when he was NXT champion, and uh, hey, eleven years. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Eleven years. Well, a lot has changed, and it certainly has with this backstage segment. Felt like I had to go to a certain website and an incognito browser to watch oh, it. Come on. Wasn't it? it was bad, Ryan. I agree, but this is what NXT does now. Why? Why? Are, it's the it's the way the camera shoots it too. It makes it so much worse. Yeah, it feels like an independent film, like it's shot, and then there's <laughs> background music, which makes it feel more fake. It feels like a sitcom more than anything when they got the background music going. And then he started like dogging them out too, and they were. I don't I don't know. It was it was there. It was here. Yeah, it was there. <laughs> this and the Adam Cole segment were very on par with each other. Did you like um Andre Chase cursing? No, especially <laughs> it I don't it just felt very weird. Of course. Yeah. Uh especially too when they blur it out and <laughs> and it's a pre tape, like a very obviously scripted pre tape. Yeah. I don't know. But really what we all came for, Braun Breaker managed by Paul Heyman versus Carmelo Hayes managed by John Cena. Um, I got to say right off the top, I think Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman is such a natural fit. You already touched on this a little bit earlier in the show, but I'm really excited once the Tribal Chief stuff is over and I'm sure Brock retires uh, I think Paul's still going to be there, and I think Braun Breaker is the next guy that Paul can take up under his wing and make a WrestleMania main eventer ten times over with. Yeah, he has intensity, and his stuff in the ring is great. I can see the potential with promos. It's not quite there, but it's it's almost there. He Maybe another year or two, he'll be a main event guy. But I, I'm not. I don't hate that they haven't brought him up yet. Yeah, I know I've asked you about it for a while, but I during or while watching this, I kind of agreed with you. I don't think he's definitely not well rounded completely. Like he's got some things to work on. Obviously, the promos. He sounds a lot like his uncle, but um. I think it's good that they went ahead and turned him heel. I think that's something they waited way too long with Roman to do. I know he was heel with the shield, but he was never a solo heel guy. Yeah. I think Braun getting both aspects of that early on is going to be way better for him because I'm pretty sure he's getting molded to be the next Roman. And 
through everything he's learning, um, I think it'll be a better fit than when they pulled Roman up. You think Theory is not going to be the next guy? You think it's going to be Braun? I think it'll be 1A, 1B. I think Braun, to me, it just is better in the ring, and he's more gravitating. Well, there's one guy that you're forgetting about, Micah. I think uh, and we all know who I'm talking about here, and that's Lexus King. And, you know, if you don't have Lexus King as your next up, you're just – you're not a pro wrestling fan, Micah. Did you see that great backstage segment he had? Oh, Lexus King. I, I must have skipped over it. No, I really didn't see oh, it. Oh, come on, Mike. I thought you'd love and you didn't even watch. Yeah, he had a backstage segment. <laughs> He's uh, talking about how well, – I'm sure you've seen the segment. I saw like a picture of it online and I heard the name. Oh man, was... you didn't even see a segment. Okay, well, I'll try to do my best explain to it real quick. We didn't, we didn't. Uh, he he um, was playing old highlights of Brian Pillman on the TV, just like his first promo package. And then um, he was talking about um, he tried to, to escape the name Brian Pillman because he doesn't know that man. He never met that man. Well, he did deal, but he was like four years old when he died. So he, he did all he could to run away from the wrestling business, but it always he always knew deep down that he would come back. And uh, since he didn't know his dad, he, he refused to use his dad's last name. So now he would be adopting the new last name of the person that did raise him, King. And he would be known as Lexis King now. Anybody that on the marquee of WrestleMania? <laughs> I don't think it's egregious. I mean, it is a tribute to his sister that passed away and his mom that passed away. It's not a, it's a terrible name. I just don't like Lexus because it makes me think of Alexis. And then it's like, is if, if a girl was named Alexis King, okay. But Lexus King for a dude, I, I just, I don't know. Come on. Give it a shot. Why couldn't he be Brian King? Well, he doesn't want to use his dad's la- his dad's name at all. He didn't know he didn't know him. Hmm. I don't know. I I think they could have went with a better first name. It 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 kind of reeks of WWE naming. Oh, he came up with the name himself. <laughs> well, yeah, but doesn't it sound like I don't know what's that girl that's facing uh Becky Lynch at the next pay per view. Lyra Davenport? No. Uh, Lyra Valkyria or something like that. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. I forgot. Is that a real name? <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't love it. I mean, I like Brian Pillman Jr. I think I was higher on him than most people were when he was in AEW, but I can't even be Brian Pillman Jr. I can buy that on the marquee. Well, you don't want to be thinking of his dad. He wants to be his own person. Uh, it's the same reason they should have just named him Braun Steiner. Yeah, you'd be thinking of his dad, Micah. Or his uncle. Not ne- but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You be- they named her Charlotte Flair. A lot of guys, when they're named a junior or got the same last name as their father, they are put into a box and they can never escape that box because, oh man, your dad would have hit it this way or your dad would have did that promo this way. You know, it's uh, not everybody can be Randy Orton. For every Randy Orton, there's a um, uh, 
Bruno San Martino Jr., which I think is the, his son. His son did wrestle WWE. You know, you know what I'm saying, Micah. For every Bill Watts, I get you. Every Bill Watts, there's a what was his son's name? What was Bill Watts' son's name? I don't remember. Okay, well, you know my point, man. I mean, I I, I see what you're saying. I just I personally don't love the name. But I'll see where they go, and also lose the painted on beard. Oh, get Jared Dishoff is another one. I mean, come on. Now. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, but let's not act like Bischoff was an actual wrestler. But he was a big name, though. I mean, it's hard when you're when you got the same last name or first name as your father, and they were a big deal in the wrestling industry. Well. Other than that, for the the Braun Breaker Carmelo match, um, I got a couple things here. I thought it was a rough hang up coming off the top. I think that Braun was going for like a sit out face buster, but I really don't know. I think he was. You, did you see what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think he was going for his Frank, Frankensteiner from the top rope, but he um, they were on the different pages and he hit him with a face buster. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And he, he came off weird, too. He, like, landed on his hip or something. It was so weird. Yeah, that Frankensteiner he usually does is clean, but when you're at top rope and you're going against a smaller guy, it's not a lot. The base to do that move is not as strong uh, on the top rope, you know? Yeah, I guess you got a good point. I didn't think about it like that. If that, yeah, if that's what he was going for. Um... But overall, I thought it was a solid match. I don't think it was their best work, per se. Um, but for a TV match, it wasn't anything crazy. I don't think it was any better than Danielson versus Swerve. But nah. it was a good main event. At the end, um, he started to beat up Carmelo and basically say that he was the top dog. <laughs> and then... Undertaker came out on his motorcycle, choke slammed him, basically said, you know, you might think you're the top dog, but you'll never be you'll never beat this top dog or something like that. But I think that was a subtle shot in AEW. <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't even think about it like that, but you know it might have been. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, that was really the story of the match, Undertaker coming out. Yeah, and I don't care what anybody says. I will always love Undertaker because people online were like, oh, my God, this stinks. <laughs> said that. Yeah, man, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I don't care. I was I was sports entertained. Uh, I, I like Undertaker coming. I, I'm still a Taker fan, but, you know, he, he has a lot of controversial views online now. And if you're. Everybody knows if you're a conservative, you get buried online. So, you know, uh, well, I'm just saying, man, you got to call a spade a spade. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just saying to me, he who cares? I don't care really the person you are, unless you're just like a hateful person online. Like there's actual, yeah, I, I can't, uh, there's actual like child molesters and like rapists in the wrestling industry. Yeah, that's, Undertaker's a good dude. Yeah, I care more about the on-screen product than his what he's doing on his off time. I, exactly. As long as he's not diddling kids, I don't care. I don't care. Looking at you, Jerry the King Law. Uh, 
It looked it looked bad when Carmelo was holding his hand up right beside Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Make a wish here. Uh, oh man. We were just talking about too, because he's he is small and it it didn't help. Nah, it like somebody's kid jumped the barrier or the jump the barricade <laughs> started posing with Undertaker. I mean, and Taker's a big dude, but I don't know that that was the shot that they should have went with. Maybe like, maybe Carmelo should have been on like the top rope and Taker could have stood beside him or something. The top rope? Undertaker still would have towered over him. <laughs> oh, man. He goes to choke, slam him off the top, and they're just eye level. Uh, I will say the choke slam itself, Braun made that freaking choke slam. I saw a clip that it was like this was 20 years apart. Um you remember when Let, Taker choke slam Brock like Yeah, Brock jumped out the building. He had some ups. Yeah. He had some ups in his youth. Freaking freak athlete, man. Um but I thought Braun kind of did the same thing. Like he really made it and I, I don't give a crap what anybody says, man. I thought it was cool. I still like Undertaker anytime he comes out. Yeah, and the ratings showed that because they had 300 or 400,000 more viewers than AEW had. So, uh, yeah, Undertaker's still a big draw in 2023. More than Adam Copeland. Well, I think you'd either have to be blind, deaf, or mute to not understand that or or not think the Undertaker was a bigger draw all the time. Or an AEW fan. You know, they're delusional. (laughs) Well, you know. But overall, um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard. I want to say that I enjoyed Dynamite more. Mm. Uh, okay, you're, you're alone there, buddy. I enjoy NXT. <laughs> I thought the star power is way, way uh, in the favor of NXT. And I, you know, I'm more of a, a sizzle guy than a state. You know, you can either have the, uh, a great presentation, which NXT did, or you can have great matches, which Dynamite had. And I'm more of a great presentation guy. It was, it was a lot of star power in NXT. I agree. I just felt like there was a little more substance on. Dynamite, which obviously makes sense because that was their main roster show. But the Braun Breaker Mellow match, like it does it did have implications, but everything else on here kind of just felt thrown together. I mean, Asuka and Roxanne was okay. I didn't have any takeaways, but on the other show, I don't know, it was Edge's debut match. I felt like the matches meant more, but obviously the star power on NXT was better. Yeah, and this was the development show. You said it wasn't a de- developmental well, show? This was a developmental show, so we got to give these guys... I mean, Braun Breaker's been wrestling for two years. So, I mean... Uh, it's only so much they can do in the ring right now. I mean, yeah, I agree, but... Roxanne, Roxanne's you... been wrestling for, what, three years? I mean... Something like that. I mean, come on now, Micah. This was developmental. It's the G League right here when they had cameos from LeBron and Chris Paul, and AEW is supposedly, you know, the NBA, and they couldn't outdraw the G League. Well, they were preempted, I will say. 
I don't care. They still didn't outdraw the G League. Well, either way, I hope we can outdraw the G League. But in order to do that, you got to share us with your friends. So make sure to share our link tree. It'll be out below. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Um, again, once uh, once you finish this episode, go make sure to check out our giveaway. It's in our social media. You can follow the link tree below to take you to our social media. Follow us for exclusive updates. Go enter that giveaway. Get yourself $30 for free to any pro wrestling shop. Get your t-shirt, collectible action figure. Whatever. That's up to you. We're just going to give you the $30. Um, and make sure to join us back next week. We'll, we're now caught up, so we'll be back on regular scheduling. Um, bear with us. I'm still We're still on completely opposite schedules right now, but this next month, it'll be fixed. So that should everything should be back to order by then. But we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a great rest of your week. It has been an episode for sure. Thank you. Have a good one.